0: Welcome to the Crew Review Podcast, the Columbus Crew Post Game Show where me and another writer from Massive Report review the crew. My voice hurts and I'm your host, Andrew Atkins. Joining me today is a very special co-host. He is only the second ever member of the Three Timers Club. Today he will be the voice of the voiceless. He is my good friend and well-known Twitter troll, Thomas Costello. Thomas, how you doing today?
1: I've never aspired to be a Twitter troll, but coming from you, Andrew, that. That really means a lot. And I'm in good company. Is that with uh, Doug, I should say?
0: Doug doesn't troll me. Doug just gets stuck. No, in the not with trolling,
1: Charles. with being the three-time host.
0: Oh, oh, uh, no, I believe it was Adam Miller was the first three-time oh, host. Oh,
1: no disrespect, Adam. I, I seriously thought it was Doug. It was, um,
0: it was supposed to be Doug, but Doug keeps not being able to make it. Doug would be like an eight-timer by now.
1: Oh, are you call- you're you calling him out.
0: I said not able to. I didn't say cho- willingly choosing s- not to.
1: So phase two of the MLS return, um, not MLS is back, not to be confused with that. The phase two of the return is when this show really started. Um, right. I mean, I helped you co-found it. And we did that one episode <laughs> in the end of phase one against FC Cincy. I think that was the fifth time we played him at that point. And um, now this show's kind of skyrocketed within crew circles i was worried with you going to the match yesterday that you weren't (laughs) going to be able to watch any of it with so many people coming up to you wanting to get autographs wanting to get pictures how was the experience of actually being at the match
0: well when i first went in you'll see the picture on uh twitter at crew review yeah
1: sc um, and crew want crew cat wanted a picture with you
0: yeah they they bum rushed me they were big fans they wanted pictures so i gave them pictures i will say i was actually believe it or not recognized by one person um it was the person i went to the game with but he did recognize oh. me so
1: well that's good with your two-hour trip from from galleon that's um i hope he i hope he recognized you because if not he has a really long walk home
0: and, I mean, also, how could anybody possibly recognize me? I was wearing a mask the entire time, except for when I took my mask off to eat my nachos and got yelled at.
1: How are you going to eat the nachos?
0: That's what I said. But anyway, introduction's out of the way. It's time to get into our first segment of the night. And, yes, just in case you didn't catch on, I've lost my voice because I was acting a fool at a crew game. So I've already told Mr. Costello here that – uh as much as it's not what the audience wants, he's going to be carrying the weight of this podcast today. So
1: Ooh, it's going to be a very light podcast. Then.
0: <laughs> so it's time to get into our emotional reactions for Decision Day. Thomas Costello, what were your emotional reactions to yesterday's match?
1: I thought, you know, this is it. We're, we're MLS, play, MLS Cup Playoffs, excuse me, hashtag MLS Cup Playoffs coming up. <laughs> decision Day, we, we came out the victors. We we got people angry at us. We'll talk about that later. Um, I thought, man, this this is it. We're we're winning the whole darn thing.
0: We looked really good. Uh, I, I'll say it was a emotionally charged matchup. It was it was fun being at the stadium and uh, just getting to just getting to throw some booze Atlanta's way. But I will say, uh, my emotional overreaction as somebody who was at the match instead of watching on TV was fake crowd noise infinitely worse in person than it is on tv i didn't know they pumped that crap into the stadium
1: it just it sounds like because that was their last sunday for for the match and it my sounds weather like was just, much
0: better than your weather yeah i'm not going to talk about that
1: it was it was like a whirring like a it doesn't sound like it's at certain points it just sounds like a whirring uh, not really yeah. a crowd noise.
0: It's just an annoying background noise. It's very tinny. And the thing that drove me crazy is apparently whoever, whoever put this together as, thought that what crew games are is just somebody with an air horn just sporadically blasting it every few seconds. It, <laughs> it drove me crazy. Look, I'll say, being at Mop Frey, it was kind of eerie how little energy there was there. So I get... To an extent, but oh, it's just annoying.
1: Yeah, you can't, you're the energy, yeah, you can't shoot down when you're only allowed 1500 people in there. There is no supporter section, right? They're like, people play about, oh, like weeks ago when there was an FC Cincy fan in that in the Nordecca. like, no, they weren't. They were sitting in the stands that usually holds a Nordeka. but there's no you're all sitting six feet away. You're in little clumps of people. There is no
0: Nordica. right, and I'm not criticizing the fans that were there for 1500 people there was a good energy it's just yeah. so different and so right. quiet i've never heard a crew match be quiet before so i mean you know the crew gave him a lot to cheer about and there were some cheers and uh my old friend crew cap big fan of the show he was out there doing his best to get some noise but that's anyway i said i want to keep it short today because i can barely talk and i'm rambling about crowd noise so let's get right into it shall we we're let's gonna make it.
1: you lose your voice we're gonna make it's, you lose your voice hashtag andrew loses his voice
0: i have a pile of cough drops next to me that i'm trying to open up my uh my airways here so i'm gonna do my best to get through this so let's just jump right into the crew review shall we for columbus crew taking on atlanta united fc can i tell you a secret mr costello
1: yeah just between you and me
0: Atlanta is my second favorite MLS team and oh no,
1: don't do the second
0: oh God. and he's I'm also so... he's Atlanta is also the second favorite <sighs> of my friend who I went to the match with and I tell you this secret because I have a funny little story to tell you uh about <laughs> towards the end of the game and we'll get there remind me if I forget when uh, when Guzan gets a yellow card so let's get into the starting lineup for the crew this is it man it's our starting lineup. We've waited so long to see the starting lineup, right? We had Eloy and goal. We had Milton Valenzuela, Josh Williams, Jonathan Mensah, and Harrison Awful defensively. Then in our defensive midfield, we had Artur and Darlington Nagby. Attacking midfield, we had Pedro Santos, Lucas Zellerion, Derek Etienne Jr., which was the only one, I guess, when I say our dream lineup, he's the only one who's a bit iffy. And then our striker was Yassi Zardes. How did you feel about the lineup?
1: I, this is kind of what I expected because last Sunday you had a playoff caliber match. Um, Wednesday, the line that they put out there, it it was an away match three days after a pretty big match against Philadelphia. You didn't start everybody, whatever. Today, though, with knowing that you had two weeks off, potentially. <laughs> well, no, you, nah, you knew, they knew they had two weeks off, excuse me, going into this knowing that. But they had to secure that home match. I right. expected them to have a first-team lineup. I mean, Porter said a couple of weeks ago when he spoke with the media that when you want the playoffs, you want your your best guys out there. And he said the team is good at putting together wins even without their best lineup. But in a match that you have to win going into the playoffs, there's, there's no shock there. The only one I think that's interchangeable, and you already mentioned it, was Derek Etienne, Luis Diaz, even Eunice Mokhtar, and I'll put Emmanuel Boateng in there too because they've all gotten substantial starting minutes lately. I, I'm never shocked <laughs> that, that uh, I would get the the winger position wrong. It, no, it's, it's the, a op- make- the one opposite of Pedro Santos. And actually...
0: It, it's a makeshift the supporter- position.
1: Well, and the, well, a makeshift. I think you just have so many talented players at that position that you can rotate and you right. can give everybody a chance. But as of late and you saw this in in last night's match too, is that Etienne gets the start. And he, all intents and purposes, over the last few weeks, he's had every reason to earn the start because he's been playing really well. He's uh, You know those balls that players are like, I'll think back to a few years ago, I'm not going to mention any names, but he played for the team that we played last night at one point. Uh, The ball would go past them. Instead of rushing for it, they just like the hunch over like, oh, well, I missed it. Guess I'm not going to get it. Etienne chases after everything. He hustles out there. He takes on defenders really well. I wasn't shocked to see him start. And then Luis Diaz comes on in the second half, which we'll get to. But it's a toss-up, I think, between Diaz and Etienne right now for who starts.
0: Another shout-out to a huge fan of the show, Caleb Porter. Uh, I've been talking Mm. in recent weeks about how uh, Luis Diaz, by all means, deserves a starting role, but is much better suited as that super sub late in the game when legs are tired and we Mm -hmm. see it every time he comes on late in a match he's able to really impact I believe it was Orlando where he started the match and you saw when he starts a match he's almost less of an impact on that match because defenders legs are fresh and Mm -hmm. they don't struggle as much keeping up with him but uh interesting Eunice Mokhtar not available for the game I'm not sure I didn't see him on the injury report. We haven't seen Mokhtar much as of late at all. Someone who seemed like he was going to be uh, battling Luis Diaz at the beginning of the season for that role. And then now it seems it's settled more into either Diaz or at the end as the starter.
1: I see him more on Instagram stories at Top Golf than I see him on the field nowadays. <laughs> Which but, is um, weird because
0: he had a pretty like towards the beginning stages of the season, he was uh over-delivering. Oh, yeah.
1: MLS and is MLS is back. He was amazing he was he i thought he did an amazing job like he solidified the starting role but then he got injured too right at the end of that tournament which maybe that contributed i'm not sure but uh also one item to note we do the supporters xi on the massive report website every every match this was the first time that it was predicted by the fans the actual starting 11. whoa so they predicted every single position they predicted everybody they knew oh my- who they wanted and that's who came in to, came in for the match, and then Doug got it wrong. But Doug and I have never gotten it right. We kind of take turns uh,
0: doing so it. You're saying that the, the fans are better suited for your jobs than you and Doug are? Right. Okay, cool. As long as we both understand. By the way, when I yelled woe and excitement, it hurt so bad. So if you take any solace, I'm in a lot of pain. <laughs> so uh, the, the match starts off, and I, I'm going to tell you something. Okay. I'm getting off on a lot of side tangents, but I done got emotional walking into that stadium because it very well might be the last time I ever walk into Mopre Stadium. Oh uh, uh, yeah, man, that place is beautiful. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm happy about the new stadium, but when uh when the announcer came on the PA and said uh, Columbus Crew SC would like to welcome you to Mopre Stadium, the first soccer-specific stadium in America, I thought they're never gonna get to say that anyway
1: you got a little of a clumped yeah you got a little got a little emotional that's fine you know what let it out i love just me some
0: i love me some oprah i'm going to forego the typical uh reading all my notes and breaking down everything half to half <laughs> because my voice hurts so bad so let's just uh let's cover some moments we'll cover but, some moments uh I think the first moment that I want to cover just because of the impact later on in the match is uh, uh, Escobar gets a yellow card for a late tackle on Pedro Santos. Nothing super noteworthy there, but it it, uh, it has impacts later on in the match, right?
1: Right, yeah. So uh, Escobar, he does get uh, pretty, pretty early on in the match. He kind of bookended. He had a bookend performance where, you know, the two sides of the bookend holds up the books at the beginning of the match. He was a little aggressive at the end of the match, which we'll talk about. He was also a little aggressive. He, he was. was a little aggressive. So no, that did, uh, it was a it was a little chippy contest, wasn't it? They were, they were getting at each other.
0: Yeah. And you know, there was a lot of the match where uh, Escobar was right in front of us, where we were seated. And I will say it, it was uh, not with any foresight of what was to come. I, I mentioned a couple times that he looked like the only player for Atlanta that both wanted to win and believed they could win. And I think that leads a lot into what happens with him later in the matches. He was pouring out passion during that matchup. And he made me take note of him partially because he was right in front of me, but partially because of just the hustle and the work and the heart on the sleeve. It reminded me a little bit of a, I say Zeller rounds kind of the same way where you just can tell how he's feeling all match. Escobar is the same way, or at least was in this match. And I believe this was a match where if Atlanta won, they had a chance to uh, make the playoffs. So there was a lot on the line for both teams today.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could call it passion. Some people might call it, you know, assault and battery. He, he felt a certain <laughs> way. He felt a certain way.
0: I think the assault assault and battery usually
1: stems from passion. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's fair. That's fair. Let's talk about that. Uh, we're talking about uh, making an impact. There was a big impact in the 18 yard box on the 24th minute uh, when there was a oh. penalty called. Now, where were you sitting, oh. Andrew? We don't okay. talk about this little, uh, the little rooms. I feel bad for the little rooms down
0: there. Cause that was, that was rough. All right. So if you watch the match, you actually see um, on that, on the second half, Jossie Zardes goal in the background, you see me jumping up and down like a maniac. There's uh you know, those little uh, tarps they had the one that says MLS. I was right above that tarp. So, and I was right. Um, not too far off from, uh, from room in the first half. And I will say I had a perfectly clear crystal clear view of room. And I believe what you're talking about is getting kicked in the nadular area. Very hard. Oh.
1: That's the scientific term, Nadjular. Yeah, that was, um, that, was, that was rough to watch. They initially called the penalty, which in top speed, you know, as the game's going, yeah, it looks like, you know, uh, Atlanta player, he goes in, room's right there, and he takes a tumble. They did, you know, gave him a card, which I, I thought the refereeing was, I, was I'm really great being, yesterday. I thought they had a good, a good match, but no, when they went to the bar.
0: Fantastic refereeing. Um, before they the, before bar the bar, they, before the bar, I was from my image – Sorry, sorry, don't get that face with me. From my view, they can't I can't see my face. <laughs> well, I can, and I can tell that I don't like it. So no, I just wanted to say you talk about the call being uh, seemingly right. I was right in front of it. I saw it happen and immediately shouted, "Damn it! They're getting a penalty kick." And uh, the guy, the guy who went to the game with me, his name's uh, Palmer. He ends up, he said something along the lines of he's getting a penalty or they're getting a penalty kick. Cause room got kicked in the dick. So <laughs> we were right next to each other and we both had different that e on this on one.
1: <laughs> that's not an expletive, but no, they went to the VAR. It came back that um, young squire from Atlanta. He did. Uh, he, he took a little slip. He didn't have possession at the time. He was actually, right. actually falling over when room came up. And then that was when um, they, they got a little more acquainted than Room probably wanted to,
0: yeah, and I'll tell you what, man. Room, uh, it took him a while to shake that off. I-, I will say, really impressed with the use of VAR, and that's not something I can say very often. That's that's not
1: anything anybody can say with MLS very often. Right. Is anything, there a really,
0: I've seen Premier League VAR calls oh. that are just trash, so I'm watching. I I was surprised it went to VAR, and I'm I'm 50, 50 on the way that call could have went. Like you said, you see him losing his balance, but even then it was, it was a close call. The ref made the right call, but really impressed with, uh, with the use of VAR in this match.
1: No, for sure. And I mean, you say that you were surprised they used it later on, which in the second half, we'll talk about it. Um, Surprised they didn't use it in the second half, but it wasn't too much longer. It was only about four minutes later that just a, I know you're on the other side of the field, but I got the little goosebumps just thinking about it. They uh, Santos uh, passes it into the offensive zone and Jossi has this touch that just right to Valenzuela. Valenzuela is able to pass it off to They It was a beautiful goal, chipped it over Guzan. Anytime you score on Guzan, that's a good day in my book. Um, to, how did you feel about that goal? Well, I know you did, You weren't able to watch it uh, that closely, but you watched it on the recap. Um, What do you you think about it?
0: At the match, like you said, I could barely see the goal. I could tell it was Zellarion and I could tell he scored. What I could see at the game is the same thing that um, in the replay really just stuck with me is uh, that play by Jossi Zardes. (sighs) Fantastic ball by Jossi Zardes. Now, Zellarion has to come in and do a little bit of footwork to chip it, and great goal by Zellarion as well, but I was really impressed by the play of Jossi there. To kind of create the chance to happen, the goal was great. Zelleran doesn't score boring goals, he scores beautiful goals. And like we see a little bit later with Pedro Santos, you can't guarantee that just because you are one on one with the keeper, you're going to score. Zelleran made it happen Mm -hmm. and he scored.
1: So, what I'm yeah, that touch on Jossie, it was like it was only maybe a minute, it felt like a second. He barely touches the ball, but he's in the right position. You think right. a forward, an offensive guy. You think, okay, he needs, to, he wants to be in a position where he's scoring a goal. He's outside the box, like he's he's in a position to help move the ball. And it's so bang bang. Right. Uh, the whole sequence is maybe five or six seconds from the time Santos gets it into uh, into the talk that the movement that we're talking about. It was um, it was a fun little goal, fun little it goal was to set things up.
0: It was yeah. exciting, and it felt like a goal we deserved. I felt like lately. Uh, sorry i 'm dying at the moment. I felt like lately we 've been kind of uh, i don 't like to say this, but i 'm just going to say I feel like we've lucked into some goals today felt like we really earned those goals, and I was just really impressed by the play of uh, of of everyone in the attacking end, except for uh i guess we might as well talk about something really good he did in the forty second minute not much longer Etienne ends up breaking away from Atlanta and he 's uh He's one-on-one with the defender, and if he can get past that defender, it's him and Guzan. Well, Pedro comes up, gives him support. Etienne, great play, great pass, sets Pedro up perfectly, and we Mm. get the classic Santos skyrocket. (laughs) And uh, Classic. Oh, that's unfair. That's unfair. (laughs) No, I say classic. Because that is a classic. It's what he used to do. He doesn't do that anymore. Oh, okay. But that oh, okay. Was In a, that
1: context, that's okay.
0: It was a classic because that's when, when Santos first came around. That's pretty much felt like all he did when he touched the ball. This year, you can say Santos is on a whole nother level. But oh, yeah. uh, this, this one was tough, man. Um, more notable because of how good it, of a play it was from Etienne, who outside of this, I was noticing just – couldn't keep the ball. It seemed like anytime Etienne got the ball, he he got stripped or gave it away or just really frustrating first half from Etienne.
1: Yeah, which we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. But then you go into the half, 1-0, uh, and then 10 minutes into the second half, you were on that side. Walk us through that Artur pass, which was muy bueno, and then the Zardes goal featuring the the double the double five hole there. What uh what were you thinking when you watched that goal uh, uh or that goal setup, excuse me?
0: I, I I done lost my mind. Uh Artur, he's he's on I talk about a whole nother level with Pedro Santos this season. tour in the last few games is just rushing it. Uh scoring goals? Yeah distributing. Woo. What that's is that what two goals and one assist and three matches now?
1: Yeah, and he had, up until that point, um, zero regular season goals. (laughs) He had the one goal in the 2017 NYC AFC playoff match. But, yeah, he had no regular season goals until this season. Now he's doubled it.
0: Yeah, so Artur gets the pass off to Zardes, who uh, cuts around to the left. Something we don't really see Zardes do a lot. He was playing wide tonight. His his really good play in the first half was kind of uh, on the left end side of the attack. And this one was too – he comes around to the left inside, right in front of me. So I I got to watch him run up beautifully, and uh, just ends up nutmegging a, a, a Atlanta defender and Guzan to score the goal, and it was just beautiful. Like I said, both goals tonight were just beautiful.
1: Yeah, and I mean, watching on the replay, and it's easy for me to say, as you know, armchair armchair goalkeeper. Um, maybe Guzan just couldn't get his legs under him fast enough, but. I really felt like he could have scored that one. I, I may not score a stop that one. Oh, he could. I, I, I don't think it was like a Bednick blunder, which probably shouldn't have beat Philadelphia, I think, if he had a better goalkeeping performance. But I, I felt like Guzan, that was in his wheelhouse. I mean, you you do have a player, but that's a good, what, six, seven yards in front of you. I felt like there was enough space there to put your hands down. I, I think of being a a little kid in little league playing shortstop and second base. Like put the glove down, <laughs> put the I glove think, down on the ground. Don't let the ball go under your hands. I felt I, like he could have stopped
0: that. I think what you can credit the goal to is that Jossie made the defender on the right. way to Guzan. So I don't know if he had a really good line of sight of that ball until it was past the defender's Two legs. legs yeah. and right. Because uh, you see in the replay Guzan does react then start to close his legs, but the ball zips right in under either way. Like you said, a, a Maybe a ball that could have been saved, but nowhere near the uh, the Philadelphia match where we did say on the show it, a better keeper crew would not win that match.
1: Yeah. So. Um. Well, then we're up two 0 Everything's going great. It was until it? Uh, uh, just a just a couple minutes later, and I will give credit. You you say that uh, our buddy Escobar, which we'll talk about in a lot more detail soon, uh, he was the only one out there that really cared. Jurgen Dom, he was, I was surprised they took him out because I felt like he was the best player on the field. I even think, um, listening to it, Neil and Jordan had the same sentiments. They're like, well, you're taking him out? Like, he's been your best player. And they took him out just a little bit, but he goes into the box and uh, there's an unfortunate contact between Valenzuela and him, brings him down in the box. This is the one where looking at VAR, there's an argument to, to be said that that wasn't a penalty.
0: Yeah. I, um, from all the way across the field was shouting shenanigans. Now that might just be because it did happen in front of what is the semblance of a Nordeca that we have right now. And they were real mad, but I felt like, uh, I felt like it was questionable at best. Um, that being said, was it clearly and obviously wrong is the question.
1: Right. And that's probably where it's hard to to take that um, to take that off the field. But with VAR, you look at the replay, you could probably see the anger in people if they did turn that over. There wasn't quite enough probably in that one to to call it back. But there's at least conversation around it, which ultimately it doesn't matter it wasn't the fifty minute it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter because, Moreno converts and then we have thirty minutes of no drama whatsoever
0: well, I was going to say it doesn't matter because we all had such faith in crew to stop a penalty kick, right? I mean, we're like the best in the league at not allowing penalty kicks to be converted, and uh so I wasn't worried about it at all. I wasn't swearing i wasn't there's sh- no sarcasm at all <laughs> <laughs> i'll say I'll say uh. We scored the goal, and um, I texted my brother and was bragging about the view I had of Jossie Zardo scoring the goal. Well, apparently, you're quite a few minutes ahead at the stadium as to where the TV feed is. So he said, how about spoiler alert next time? So then oh, yeah. uh, by the time I got the spoiler alert next time, they were setting up for the penalty kick. So I said, spoiler alert and sent a poop emoji. But you said <laughs> uh, you said there was no more um, normal drama or – the rest of the game was well, nice and joke. calm yeah i was i man i now here's the thing i didn't see any of it i saw it on the replay uh, in the yeah. stadium all i saw was uh the people on that side of the stadium losing their minds um i did see um, the aftermath yeah. i didn't see the initial foul i should say so why don't well, you let, me, let me let me put it like
1: yeah, I'll cover it kind of first before we get to that. Luis Diaz comes on, uh, comes on in the match in, in the 69th minute. Nice. And he, um, he took a beating. He had a lot <laughs> of fouls against like you, They know the plan. Luis Diaz comes in, get him into positions where he can take on a defender, especially somebody who's been out there, what, at this point, 70 some minutes and then go to town on him. They were aggressive with Luis Diaz just a few minutes before the moment in question Um, there was a a move in by Ezekiel Barco who did this. It did not look, (laughs) there are arguments that that could be a much worse foul than it was. They gave him a yellow card in the 88th minute. He just took Diaz out. There was no reason. He brought his other leg in. He kind of took him out. There were some shouts that it, it was a much worse than a yellow, but then just a couple minutes later, a couple minutes later, Santos has the ball and, um, Escobar comes up. And, they, you know, they're, they're playing shoulder to shoulder. But then Escobar kind of lowers the shoulder. He's got a good NCAA college football tackle. And he <laughs> kind of, like, he kind of takes Santos down. And this wasn't – I know when you say take Santos down, there's probably part of you, if you didn't watch the match and you're just listening to this, you're thinking, well, sure. But Santos has been known to come down pretty easily.
0: A stiff could take Santos down.
1: Right. You're right. This was – a legitimate shoulder this was you know i'm taking down mensa with this like it was a good shoulder he, yeah. he took <laughs> enough to get the yellow so if you're uh playing along at home if you're keeping track at home that's a second yellow card first and 11th minute second one here this is in the 91st minutes so we're in stoppage time i think there was maybe four minutes of stoppage time before this happened um and then q uh his little trip towards the exit <laughs> and for some reason he took a detour um, to the crew SC bench. Yeah. And now this show- I was
0: <laughs> able to see in the stadium.
1: And, and, uh, yeah, the video, it shows him walking up and you see it from uh, the the kind of rear side. You see it, Andrew, you saw it from like from, uh, excuse me, from Escobar's back, but he goes up to Federico Pizzuto, who's one of the uh, coaches on the crew and he headbutts him. He gets yeah. in his face and he headbutts him. Now, I I didn't know who it was at first. I saw, actually, uh, Jacob Myers with the dispatch. He had posted, he had tweeted out um, just today, actually, this morning, who it was. And he, this guy, Pizzuto, I mean, he even follows my podcast on Twitter. So he's a good guy. And Jacob said in the tweet that well, that's he's debatable. the nicest guy gotta, he's ever.
0: I got to okay. see if he's following this podcast.
1: Okay. While you're doing that, I'll let the fine people listening to Crew review. Uh, <laughs> let let them know what. But even Jacob Myers, who works for the Dispatch, said there's no way in hell Pizzuto did something with those same words. So he's going online on Blast saying Escobar something switched in his noggin because he there was no reason apparently for him to go up and take the action that he did against Pizzuto, the coach for the coach for the Crew. And then so you know, match ends.
0: Well, did, the a show actually gets the, a yellow. did a show on the TV, uh, right after he shoved him down, uh, some Atlanta personnel came and pulled him off and, and started kind of shoving him towards the uh, locker rooms. And on his way out, Eloy Room confronts him. And uh, I did
1: not see that, yeah, no.
0: Eloy Room leaves goal and starts walking towards the sideline. And Ooh. they start kind of jawing back and forth until uh, some more Atlanta uh staff got on Escobar and pulled him away so he almost yeah. got into it with Eloy Room I will say in front of 1500 people the stadium wanted to kill him oh, I couldn't yeah. imagine a full stadium with that happening it was uh it was tense but go ahead <laughs> yeah, I just didn't know if it showed room uh, room looked like he was about to get hot and uh I think that oh, yeah the whole team looked pretty hot and I think I did you mention Valenzuela
1: No, oh no, Valenzuela, um, him and Escobar, yeah, they, (laughs) Valenzuela came up to him from the bench. Now, Valenzuela, he had already been, um, he had already been subbed off. Right. So he had been subbed off like 20 minutes before. I think they brought in Francis for him. Yeah. He was subbed off and he he approached Escobar after the Pizzuto incident and he, they had to pull him back. They had to pull Valenzuela back. So I don't know if there's, you know, I don't know if there's bad blood. Maybe they've all played against each other before. Maybe they, maybe, he thought Pizzuto said something, and he was just in a you know a little angry position at that point. Escobar has a history of being a little bit of a uh, hothead, let's say on the pitch. Um, so maybe he just thought he said something and went over to him like a like a Ron Artest situation. Uh, that's a basketball reference, Andrew. I don't know if you get that one. Um, nope. He, well, Ron Artest in a game. It was against Detroit. I want to say he went no. Might have been in Indiana. I don't know where it was. I forget where it was. He went into the stands, and he punched a fan. This was oh, I like, see.
0: Okay, I've seen this highlight. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so you, didn't know So that's where
1: I got. But the person he punched wasn't even the person who was heckling him. So right. maybe Pizzuto heard something, or he heard something around Pizzuto's area. Went up there, and gave him the business. Unfortunately. It doesn't sound like he did anything. Escobar was just a little angry. But also, um, Guzan, in the 96th minute, Atlanta's fighting for a chance to make the playoffs, right? They're on right. the cusp. They're on the edge. Right. They needed some stuff to go their way. Um, so they didn't want to lose because if you lose, you're out. That was it. Right. Guzan goes up for a corner. Um, not to take the corner, but he's trying to go up there and make his own You know, Atlanta United match right. for a goal Atlanta's, the
0: Atlanta's down a man. And yeah. they desperately need a goal. So yeah, so Guzman the goalkeeper runs up. Yeah, right.
1: he goes up there. Well, Crew gets the ball from this corner, and Diaz gets the ball. I, mean, I believe it's Diaz. Yeah, it Diaz, is Diaz. And he got roughed up. That's the that 27th It is Diaz He got because he was a man goes in like a bulldozer, and in in real time watching the game at the pace the game is going, it looked like it was a really bad tackle. Right. When you watch it on replay, no, he got the ball. He wasn't. There was no malicious intent you don 't see a goalkeeper um, ta- practicing their tackling skills very often. It looked like an ugly tackle, but there wasn 't anything in it Guzan's a big guy too. a goalkeeper taken out Luis Diaz is not a big guy no and Guzan is a big guy, so it looks it looks much worse than it was but yeah that uh, that kind of culminated a, a pretty f- <laughs> Pretty fun in terms of drama. If you're somebody who likes the reality TV shows, if well, you like the Real Housewives and stuff, the last ten minutes was right up your alley. That and the was fallout,
0: great. the fallout from the Guzan tackle is another uh, little skirmish, where this side oh he
1: did get a yellow. Sorry, yeah, he got Guzan yellow. Did get a yellow.
0: Yeah, and and I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Like you said, in real time, it looked nasty. Replay, Guzan got ball. It was a it was a pretty good tackle, and I mean.
1: The form wasn't good. I think that's what got him the yellow. If yeah. he was, you know, a defender, they'd probably know how to tackle much better. Although Atlanta, at that point, they were just—they were just at, going at it. At that point, they were angry.
0: At this point, Milton Valenzuela's back up. I don't know if you caught this, and Valenzuela is going off. Uh, Porter yeah. is kind of holding Valenzuela back. Valenzuela actually—I—I I must be imagining this because I don't see it in the game notes, but uh, I recall the ref yellow carding Valenzuela at this point. Uh, um. It didn't make
1: the official record, if it did. Okay. Um, it didn't make the official discipl- disciplinary report. It might have just been um, giving the, the yellow to Guzan, and maybe that's what it was screwed as, because Guzan so, did get a yellow. So. so
0: Valenzuela is going off. He was heated up. And uh, at this point, uh, Porter's arguing with Atlanta officials. It's, it's just heated. And uh, Porter actually, I, I saw scream, game over, <laughs> like at the right, re- like he turned his back and was screaming something and then he turned around and screamed game over. And uh man Porter's intimidating and I think he intimidated the ref because they final whistled at Porter's <laughs> command. Uh it was game uh... over indeed, and boy, it was it was heated, but it was a fun game. I, I like that kind of passion. Uh I I enjoy in my mind what this little uh Columbus crew Uh, Atlanta United rivalry is it's not it's not an official rivalry but uh two just really fun matches between them with the uh the 2017 MLS Cup playoffs uh with the penalty kicks and the bends that we we won and this match was also heated with a lot on the line um just a little note from being there Adam John when he came on did get a nice pop from the crew fans so I, I always enjoy seeing a little respect paid towards a Sorts a former crew faithful. A guy who uh playing for the team that he shushed.
1: He I mean you talk about the little bit of a rivalry between the two. He's a big he's a big part of it. And I he was really, really hoping that he didn't score yesterday because I was worried like, oh gosh. I oh, hope Adam John's not the one who does it and then we don't get a home field match.
0: Yep. Well, that's not didn't. the case. He did not Columbus crew won two to one which was my prediction, I will say. I said 2-1 to one because we can't possibly get a shutout, and we saw we didn't get a shutout. Oh,
1: we already talked about that penalty.
0: <laughs> it, was, it was a good game, good performance, though. Uh, the Philadelphia game was a game we won almost despite ourselves. This was a game that was uh, just a really, really good performance from everybody on the pitch. And uh, I believe the first time that Nagby played a full 90 since coming back
1: yeah yeah that's that's true
0: so oh we didn't even speak on uh our got taken out of the game i didn't see um i didn't have yeah. the benefit of hearing uh jordan just educating the crap out of me for this match <laughs> so all i saw was Artur go down uh he's down for a while limps off the pitch right in front of me kind of waved at us It was pretty cool I'm not gonna brag or anything but me and Artie are pretty close he actually i believe mouth the words Big fan of the show. As he walks by, I
1: think he, I I think on the air, it's I I I heard him with his mouth. He was like, "Yeah, make me the best, best." I was like, "Wow, he's a big fan." I no
0: I hope none of the players listen to this show because because I mean, sometimes when I get going on Fernando Audi or whatnot, you know, I can't be held accountable for the things I say about these men that can Put murder. Put another me. dollar
1: in the jar. Put a dollar in the Audy jar. He didn't even play. <laughs> Stop it. Don't even bring his name. I
0: didn't say anything bad. I will say I you saw him warming to up. You mention his
1: name every single episode.
0: I saw him warming up and I did say oh god no but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. So what was uh, your what was your overall thoughts on the performance?
1: I thought it was a good performance when we get into the best 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 worst. Uh, it was kind of hard on one of the uh, probably both of them actually. It was tough to make a, a decision on it. I think it was a good team performance even the goal they gave up was it was on a penalty i mean
0: it was on a match penalty, another
1: crew penalty and it wasn't um, a
0: dumb penalty it was a penalty that was yeah. you know it, it could have went either way so i wasn't i think you're in a good spot
1: it. hopefully our tour is healthy um hopefully i haven't seen anything come out of it yet uh, post-match but i i hope he's healthy because that's going to be a pretty tough lineup when this team plays like we've seen them play this year they they can't be beaten. Right. Well, let's just see if they can do that outside of Columbus Crew Stadium, hashtag Mopfray Stadium.
0: Yes. And, you know, I was very happy to see this team get to play a full game together. Uh, we got a little bit of, of a run of matches with uh, Nagby back and Zellaron back and zardes back. So it was good to see this team be able to get a little bit of time to mess together, which they're going to have a little bit of time before the playoffs. We'll get into that after the best and worst. But, uh, it's time for our best, best, and our worst, best. Columbus Crew, greatest team the world's ever seen. You don't get to play for the crew if you're not an elite caliber player. So we don't give a best and worst. We give a best, best, and a worst, best. It's convoluted. It's confusing, and it's how I like it. Who is your <laughs> best, best of today's match?
1: My best, best, um, I went with Jossie artist you on saw. this one. We talked about the move that he made on the first goal, which was just ever so, you know, ever, such a light touch, but it was the right move at the moment. He was in the right spot at the right time, but he made the best of it. And then that goal coming in from a pretty tough angle, you have a defender and a keeper in front of you and just being able to go for the, for the double Meg, double your Meg, double your fun. That's, that's what I always say. So I give it to, <laughs> I give it to Zardis for uh, the best, best of the match.
0: I uh, I hate doing it, but I echo that statement. Uh, the other thing What's I noticed, with that? the other thing I noticed about Jossi was uh, it seemed like he was in the uh, crew's defensive box just as much as the crew defenders. He's all over that pitch. The work he was putting in on defense to the, it was frustrating me a little bit because Jossi was at certain points the only player on the crew who were able to clear the ball, and the only uh. frustrating thing about that was Jossi was getting some great clearances to nobody because our striker was the one clearing the ball but jossie puts in some work on defense some work on offense uh I felt like he's been in a spell what better way or a dry spell and and what better way to break out of that funk than uh decision day and the game that ends up being the goal there the game clinching goal
1: yeah for sure and they just I when the crew is winning, it's when everybody on the team is playing on you know, both sides, outside of the keeper. When you have your offensive-minded guys making defensive plays, that's when this team is at its best. That's when yeah. we beat Philly 1-0 to zero earlier in the season, in phase two, excuse me. Uh, that was because they did team defending. Whenever you're able to cover the entire pitch like that and you're still able to get back on your assignments and, and making the best of your opportunities, if they can do that, do that away from home get an away win and keep going in the playoffs
0: and it's it's really impressive to see when this team is firing on all cylinders the way they play so uh, yeah. jossie zardes gets both of our best best now this one it's a little it's a little more difficult i actually have two guys whose names are floating around in my head i'm gonna ask you first though who is your worst best for today's match
1: Oh, this is the moment where I'm stretching out my introduction because I'm still not sure who I want to select.
0: I can give mine first if you want.
1: No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I think we both have the same two people we're probably thinking about. Um, The only reason I'm picking this person, I don't think that his match was bad. I mean, that's the whole idea of the best worst, right? Is that they're all the best because they're on the crew, but there is a worst performance in a match that had all around solid performances. The only reason this performance wasn't all that great was because everybody else around him was doing so well. So I'm going to give it to uh, Derek Etienne Jr. I'm going to give it to him uh, for my, for my worst, best, best, worst.
0: Yeah. um, Etienne had a downright bad first half, to be honest. I, I don't want to be, be hating but uh it seemed like every time he got his foot on the ball he was giving the ball away and it was really frustrating he then had a a little bit of a spark at the end of the first half and carried on into until uh, Luis Diaz replaced him at the end would be my worst uh but since you did it I'm gonna go with the other option floating in my head and that's Harrison awful uh I love I love Harry I really do um I was I was right in front of him during uh, whatever half it was they were on defense in front of me, I think the first half. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: Awful got beat a lot. Uh, And none of it led to goals. None of it led to goals, but it seemed like he was just getting beat consistently. And this is something I I guess I've just been paying a little bit of attention to. And let's do a quick sidebar. It seems like Awful's uh, maybe his his, uh, best days are behind him. He's, he's seeming to slow down. He's not really, he used to be a little bit of a spark for the attack. I don't see that anymore. And today I just saw him out, out ran out played and uh, looked defeated the entire match. They just wore it on his face.
1: I, to an extent, I agree with you. I think you're playing in a tough position when you're, when you're getting older. I think the fact that he is now, 34, 34 Um, at a position like that, when you've made a career off of your speed, right off of what you can do to outpace your opponents, those positions are the ones where you see a little bit of a dip before other places. Like you can see as Latan playing striker until he's 40 because he's playing the striker position. (laughs) He gets in good positions. He's not bolting up and down the field. Like they expect, Milton and Harrison to do right but at the same time like he's still he's he's amazing I mean he's a professional soccer player he's played in world cups he's captain his country before right he still gets into the right position so there were some moments where usually you're going to see Harrison out uh, out running to get a ball against the defender if they're both running it down he's not doing poorly he's just Next to the defender instead of outpacing them he 's not able to you know run past them to to get the upper hand, but he still gets himself in good defensive placements he 's still played every game this year where he 's healthy
0: yeah like no, i, I,
1: I, I don 't think that only I agree with you to the idea that yes, his ability on the field is not as much as it was a few years ago, but also he 's getting older. he had an injury last year that took him out for the entire season pretty much time. he played a handful yeah. of games coming back from that and then having the same speed in a season now where it's been very okay you played two matches and he's had spells the season where he's looked like Harrison awful he's able to run down passes but yeah he got our best been playing matches been every three long, days yeah. right been playing their matches every three days and he hasn't really missed any time he's been out there every match so yeah I, I, don't, I think if a, a normal season where they're playing every seven to six days with an occasional Wednesday match thrown in a couple times, or if you're at the crew, a Wednesday match against the biggest opponents we have on the schedule in the middle of the week, um, I digress. I think in a regular season, he still has a lot of that because Porter is still picking him. He's, yeah. you, know, you have other players on the – you have uh, your Francis now who hasn't played since last July, but thankfully he's healthy. He's back. You yeah, have right. Caden, who you brought over from the championship. You brought him over from England for this purpose to play that position. And then you also even have Hector, who he just plays everything. Yeah. Um, I think he'd play goalkeeper if they needed him.
0: Um, I, I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we see Chris Caden get more starts in that position next season. I've-
1: Next season. Okay, next season. Not, no, <laughs> not season, moving no, into the playoffs.
0: No, no. I think things are pretty set in stone moving into the playoffs, but uh, it just seems like maybe a maybe full time as a starting right back for Columbus is is coming to an end, which I don't like to see because he's one of the few that's been around for a long time. I think he's been around, uh, not counting Williams, because club. Yeah, Williams – left and came back. So I think, uh, I think Harry's the longest tenured player on the team right now. So it's nice to have him. him or
1: Hector. Yeah. Him or Hector. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So anyway, a little bit of a side tangent and uh, you're, you're good for that. I say, I want to keep it short. You come here. We talk a lot. <laughs>
1: Whoa. You're the one who started the tangent. And by the way, he was also just recently named to the, to the Ghana um, national team again. So we still, I am one hundred and fifty three not... matches for Columbus that he's, He's gonna go down as like he's a club. I'm he's not a club legend.
0: I'm not advocating for replacing him, and I'm not in any way disparaging. I think Harrison Awful has had a phenomenal run in Columbus. So he, you heard
1: it, everybody. Andrew Atkins hates Harrison Awful.
0: Oh, the only person I hate is you, and you were my best, best co-host of the night. So uh, why don't you tell these people where they can find you before we uh, before we get into these here predictions?
1: Oh, thanks so much. No, I appreciate it. I am on the internet, um, specifically on Twitter at one, the number one, Thomas Costello. No no spaces there. Um, And also I'm on the Twitter too. And I share the account with my buddy Bryant at at Bryant and me. We have a podcast that talks about soccer and other things, other podcasty things, which we've been on a little hiatus because I am about to graduate from my continuing education in five weeks, woo woo. five weeks. And we have taken time off since I think like beginning of October. So we will have regular episodes coming back at you probably at the end of 2019 or right at the smack smack dab, not middle right at the beginning of 2021.
0: Well, I hope so. I miss Brian at me. It's a, <gasps> a a podcast that's on my regular rotation. The other place you can find Thomas Costello is pretty much anything I tweet He'll be uh, right there trolling me. So well, for- I don't troll you. I think that the show sounds
1: really awesome, and one day
0: I might, I might give it a listen. <laughs> so, for, uh, for Thomas Casello's uh, troll account, you can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Atkins SC. You can follow this show at Crew Review Pod. If you haven't yet, like us, subscribe to us, rate us, whatever you do. We appreciate it. For all your crew news updates and analysis, go to massivereport.com. Follow them on Twitter at Massive Report. We have one confirmed for sure thing match left that we will predict right now. And uh, I believe we finally got a date. It's November 21st, three o'clock PM Columbus crew SC hosting (sighs) them red bulls of New York. Who you got? Uh,
1: I, of course we got the 3 PM Twitter match. (laughs) Um, Of course, that's what we got in the playoffs. Um, it's okay. We're just the third, third ranked team. Um, in in the league, so we have played them this year. We've already played New York Ripples once, although um, it was in Orlando during MLS's back. Um, so I don't really count that as as much history against them. I don't count that as you know us having their number. Or they're having our number. I think we're a different team uh, now than we were back in MLS's back. I, I think being home is going to be a huge advantage. Yeah. for this team we have a lot of veterans on here who have been in the playoffs and have had a lot of experience you have Mensah and Williams back there uh, as our center back combo we talked to talk about Harrison awful Aloy room you've seen him in his gold cup and then last week against Philadelphia he has these performances in big moments where he just he controls it and he he goes lights out Aloy does uh, so I I think Columbus is gonna win. I, I I don't think that it's gonna be as big of a concern. I will give them the uh let's do three one. I'm hopping on your we can't get a, a shutout again bandwagon, but uh three one is my prediction. I like with goals it. from uh Jossie, Pedro, and Luis Diaz because he's gonna get a goal.
0: Hey, I play. hope so. I I'm gonna switch it up on my own uh my own uh, we can't get a shutout I'm gonna say we are getting a shutout <gasps> I think we're gonna see the best crew we've seen in a long time and I'm gonna give it to nothing crew now okay. my question is and I don't let's not let's not get into a long discussion here let's I, I want to do a, uh, a playoff preview here since <gasps> we got like actually more than three days in between games so I can have some time to do something like that. So that, that's going to be an episode coming up. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, Like I said, check our Twitter. We'll have information about that, but just a, a quick little synopsis. If you had to pick right now, how far do you see Columbus going in the playoffs?
1: Oh, how far do I see Columbus going? Okay. I, I think that the way that we played against really tough opponents this year, at home has been really impressive i think we have two <laughs> ah, that hurt. we have two uh we have two wins uh, against philadelphia toronto it's gonna be tough i'm really hoping for an upset in the first round where toronto has the uh, gets knocked out but toronto has not been in great form lately they have not been the same toronto that beat us you know three one if you count the fact that the goal was an own goal. Um, This is not the same Toronto team. They just got shellacked a couple weeks ago by Philadelphia. They had second place pretty much because nobody was coming to take it from them. Columbus would not take it when they had a chance, uh, kind of buckled under those road match pressure. Um, I think I could see as making the MLS Cup. I'm not being a homer. I'm not being biased. I think that if we get to a championship match against a team like philadelphia or Orlando i mean we've played philadelphia twice really well I, I don't i don't see why we would be considered a huge underdog in that match if anything orlando uh, that might be a tougher contest since we'd have to go to orlando for it but Here's so my I'll hope say. is um my hope is that um orlando and philadelphia both go down and so does toronto and we get home games throughout the entire rest of the playoffs including the mls cup yeah, that was my it. emotional overreaction. Everything up to that point was my legit. I think we have, I think the sky's the limit.
0: Us versus Inter-Miami for the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, my that's God. Uh,
1: Don Garber <laughs> was salivating to see
0: Inter-Miami make it to the MLS Cup. So I think, and this is the most Homer statement ever, but it's how I feel. I think the only team that can successfully defeat Columbus Crew is Columbus Crew. We
1: have not. That was deep. We have not. Wrote that down before this episode, (laughs) didn't you? You're waiting to use that
0: line. It's on my hand right here. No, we have not (laughs) lost a game this year in which I felt we played good. Every match we've lost, we deserve to lose tenfold. We have had some very, very poor performances. So I'm saying I have not yet seen a match. uh, Maybe, maybe closest I could say would be Orlando the loss in Orlando and that wasn't a good performance Mm -hmm. so I have yet to see a match where I feel like we were just not the better team we have came out and just had very bad performances on the road this year so if Columbus can put together a play style like we saw in MLS's back like we saw tonight like we saw uh, we've seen this team beat some really good teams I just, whatever it is, if we get in our head or whatever happens, I don't know. I think that when we are on our A game, we're the best team in the league this year.
1: No.
0: So that being said, we have, to have very little experience against the West this year. So it's a, it's a tough call to make. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to be the downer and say that if we face Toronto and round two, we're going out in round two.
1: I have to I, remind you of something. I don't want you to. You told me to remind you of something earlier on in the show. Oh you yeah, and, you and Palmer are right. are closet Atlanta United fans, and also closet other fans. Which I will keep that for another episode.
0: I don't want to talk about that. And no, <laughs> look, uh, my <laughs> that's my, a tease, folks. My like of Atlanta United, I wouldn't say love. My like of Atlanta United comes from. Uh, one of my favorite players in the league is Joseph Martinez. I have a lot of respect for Joseph Martinez. I think the league is better when Joseph Martinez is on the pitch. So I am. And is very...
1: definitely better when Joseph Martinez is <laughs> With... on the pitch. Heyo,
0: without a doubt. But um, the fact that Martinez could leave the league, and some people could say it's because he likes being the biggest fish, the biggest fish in a small pond, but Martinez could have left the league uh, years ago. He hasn't. I like. Seeing he had the guys. two
1: seasons where he could have. Yeah, if Elmeron left. Martinez could have gone somewhere. And Almiron, I mean, you talk about big fish in a small pond. He's, he's playing really well in the Premier League. But anyway, yeah. continue.
0: And Martinez said that as long as Atlanta will have him, he will stay. I like that a lot. And be- because of that alone, I'm an Atlanta fan because I'm such a big fan of Joseph Martinez. And the-, the style of play they put together for the first two seasons was exciting. It was fun to watch. And I don't care. Make fun of me all you want. My point
1: is... I'm not making fun of you. I, I think the concept and this might be a whole nother podcast series, but the concept of somebody saying, I'm going to stay at this club forever. And I love them so much, blah, blah. And they kiss the crest and they kiss the badge and stuff. It's also in the same sport where contracts don't matter. And somebody could change their mind at any moment. It is. And, and when you're on the team, it's really easy to tell everybody, Oh, I love this team so much, but are you going to go to the next team and then be like, Oh, this team really sucks compared to the last one. You're always going to say you love your team. Anyway,
0: my point is Martinez uh, when he won the golden boot and broke the all-time scoring record, single season scoring record, he could have easily went to another country and made a lot more money. And he didn't. So I like him, but my, my, uh, my side tangent is Palmer. The guy I went to the game with was an Atlanta United fan who I had recently converted to a Columbus crew fan. You're welcome. I did good work boys. So we were at the match. Originally he wanted to go. The plan was we're going to go to the Atlanta Columbus match this year and uh, I'll be the Columbus fan. He'll be the Atlanta fan. Well, through the birth of crew review, he ended up uh, falling in love with crew and so he went today rocking his crew colors and I uh, he can't help falling in love. With he her. couldn't help it. And my favorite moment, this was his first crew game. And I told him, I said, this isn't what it's normally like. It's so much better. He loved it. He was over the moon and uh, he was all wrapped up in the, in the moment. And uh, so Guzan gets that yellow card and uh, Guzan was his boy a, a matter of months ago. Right. So he's screaming and booing and, and to, uh, ends up yelling that Guzan sucks and, I said, "Dude, he's your second favorite keeper." And uh <laughs> and he ends up screaming loud enough that I'm sure Guzan could hear it because we were very close to Guzan. He said, "You used to be my second favorite keeper, but now you suck." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I just wanted to I just wanted to share that story because it made me laugh uh... very hard. So, uh it, it was kind of cool seeing somebody go from Atlanta fan to so wrapped up in their first Crew match that they're screaming you used to be my second favorite keeper but now you suck at brad
1: that's what the crew does to people this is a different team i mean it's a different just environment around this club and i'm not uh, this is the biased part i i followed sports teams and other sports and you you know you you follow along and you love them because maybe you love the city and all that but the crew you love columbus but you also the team is just they're so fun to you know not just watch because that's Winning matches, of course, it's easy to like the team, but just the personalities we have and just right. the, the feeling around the club. I mean, it's easy for the Palmers of the world to switch allegiances like that and, and go to a team like Columbus because, you know, it it is local, which is nice, but I think there's a lot of appeal if they were given more of a shot um, for people to see that appeal. Um, Columbus would be even greatester
0: team the world has
1: ever seen. That's a real word. <laughs> We're so
0: let's, uh, let's wrap it up, shall we? I said I wanted to go short, and we went real long because we're both – I barely could talk, and <laughs> I'm
1: just,
0: I'm just a rambling. So we're going to You gonna told wrap me up.
1: to take a lot of the talking, and I tried to. And then you just kept going, and I even tried to interject, and then you'd interrupt me. So are you really – I know you say you didn't want to, but I know deep down inside you, you really wanted to share these thoughts. And I want to tell everybody, too, this match on Sunday – beat your man city premier league match only (laughs) predictions of crew matches
0: it did it didn't thank god it did because uh palmer ended up saying when uh when atlanta scored he said i swear to god if they score again i'm punching you in the face
1: (laughs) wow (laughs) we need to get palmer on the show
0: (laughs) i'm glad that my prediction fell through so uh sorry thomas that i i kind of interjected and interrupted it's what I do it's my podcast I'll do what I want my voice (laughs) my my voice hurts and uh look you want to try to turn the listeners into big Thomas Costello marks you'd be my guest but I want the listeners to understand that you have had the ability to co-host all the episodes if you wanted you chose to leave them you chose you chose this I, I'm tell
1: dad. I have a I think having all these rich voices and these rich personalities and, and viewpoints is is better than having the same two voices in a vacuum time and time again. So I think that it's nice having all these different folks come on here. You've had what, like six different co hosts? Yeah, I've lost. I think count, that's yes. a lot I think that's a that's a pretty uh diverse uh diverse number of co hosts. So I, I think you should You should keep that going.
0: Thomas, it's not that I like you or anything. It's just that coming up with all these different co-hosts is a lot of work. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I want you because you're easy. All right. So let's finish it up. Our final segment of every night. It is something I like to call my crew review, where I encourage you, the listeners to go on Twitter, leave a hashtag, my crew review and tell us what you thought of the game. And, uh, We will read them live on the air. I just let me catch my breath. Let me uh, let me pop a cough drop in, and let's let's get into the crew reviews. The first one comes from Chris at Steps FC. He says, "I give it to Brent Rambo and left a gif of Brent Rambo giving a thumbs up." Uh, The the next one comes from Nick Hudak. He's been a guest at Nick underscore underscore Hudak. He said, "Did we find a team worse at defending set pieces?" Cough, cough, Orlando City. I'm assuming Orlando City defended set pieces very poorly. I, I didn't see they've that. They've had it, I think they've
1: given the most of this season.
0: All right. The next one comes from, hey, Jason Palmer. I've told you about him. At PC for life, he said, what a match. Glad we made it. To think a year ago, we talked about going to see the crew play Atlanta United. I blame you for my newfound soccer addiction. Glory to Columbus. I like it. It makes me happy. Uh, the next one comes from Nathan Townsend at O-Line 63. It says at Atlanta United, and it's a bunch of shushy emojis. So like we talked about uh, yeah. the old Adam John classic. And the last one comes from Sean B at underscore Sean writes. Ooh, I'm almost done with this, man. <laughs> I'm gonna go rest this voice. He said, "For oh okay, I, can't, I don't think I can do it."
1: Oh, it's okay. No, just you don't have to say it. Don't hurt yourself.
0: I'm gonna say it real slow. No, he said, "For once, oh, yeah. I feel." Like, oh yeah, for once, I feel like the crew didn't play down to the level of their oppositions. Penalty kicks are a killer. The crew will be successful in the playoffs if they don't concede penalties. It goes to show how important the three. the three and O group stage was to getting us to third in the East over Orlando. I, uh, I agree with everything there. Um, I I've said for a very long time now, my fear and it's still my fear is that we're going to make it to the MLS cup. We're going to end in a draw and we're going to go to penalty kicks and Andrew Tarbell is somehow going to be there and he's going to dive one way every single time, and we're going to lose. Oh,
1: be nice. Okay, I thought your voice hurt. You need to go rest it.
0: I do. You need to go rest it. Uh, you know what, Thomas? Would you do the honors? Would you do the outro for me?
1: Um, thanks, everybody, for listening to <laughs> This has been quite a... <laughs> You're going to have to go with that one. I think that's a great ending, and it really speaks to the to the seriousness and the journalistic integrity that this episode has
0: brought i just want to prove that you don't listen to the show so as always for massive report i'm andrew atkins thomas thank you for being here glory to columbus go crew and we will see you next time when we review the crew the crew bye everybody